You ever have uh, shows like that? Like, so we, we were just talking. <laughs> here on Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. Hey, hey everybody. I'm Travis Tate. Uh, welcome in. Uh, we were just talking about, uh, we, we got talking about Ryan Reynolds. We got, what was the, the, the line, the Witcher timeline of that was? We started talking, you were talking about uh, you went down a Sergio Leone hole. Which led to a Charles Bronson hole. Yeah. <laughs> which led to the hole under the prison in Great Escape. Indeed. That they dug led out of. To a James Garner. Yep. Which led to a uh, modern day James. Uh, the line was from James Garner to Chevy Chase. We went ge- uh, generational. Like, uh, yeah, James Garner. We have a li- As opposed then, to The Witcher, we have a linear time. Yeah. Line. Then Chevy Chase. There, There's some things about James Garner that I was like. Very similar to Chevy Chase, who Chevy Chase came after, you know, obviously. He came after him? Yes. You saying Chevy Chase took a swing at James Garner? Yeah, probably. Chevy Chase is kind of an angry bastard. <laughs> and then uh, we kind of decided uh, Ryan Reynolds has taken a lot of the, the Chevy Chase type roles. And that was where I said that I, I always, I never quite uh, bought in on Ryan Reynolds because... Uh, I got in early on Jason Lee and Ryan Reynolds is to me, I guess if I put them both in a room now, it wouldn't be. But uh, when Ryan Reynolds kind of hit the scene, my first I'm trying to think of what my first Ryan Reynolds would have uh, two been. was it two guys, a girl and a pizza place. No. I think that was the first thing. No, I, saw uh, I don't even think it would be Green Lantern It's something earlier somewhere in there, but I can't think of what it was. But I just know the first time I saw him. Being Ryan Reynolds, I'm like this. This is just beefy Jason Lee. What's up? I always thought he was uh, kind of like a John Ritter type. You think uh, Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, I guess I could see that. Yeah, but the first thing I I saw him in was Two Guys, a Girl, in a Pizza Place. But uh, that was mid '90s. Talking about Jason Lee, you reminded me of My Name Is Earl, and My Name Is Earl is one of those. I don't know quite how to how to put this. But it's like one of those TV shows that's really good that's just forgotten to time. Like, it's, it's not even that old of a show. No, it's like say. maybe 10 years. But it's one of those... Uh, um, it had a good concept. It, they kind of mapped it out so it could take at least 100 episodes. I don't know how many they did. You just but, forget that it happens. Like, even though it keeps having revivals and stuff, like, Veronica Mars is kind of a show that's like, <sighs> I know it was awesome, but I forgot it happened. I don't know if it was awesome. I've gone back and tried to watch it. And my wife watches it, and it's just boring to me. Yeah, it's just she's nosy, and she gets into people's business, and then finds all of their secrets and exposes them. She's kind of like a tabloid reporter, really, uh, <laughs> except really small time. Like uh, Psych. Psych was fun. Psych was great. I, I, I enjoyed great- Psych a lot. A lot of those shows, a, a psych, a uh, that's what monk. Veronica Mars didn't have was a sense of humor about it. Psych, Monk, and Veronica Mars are all in the same lane. Yeah, I mean they're close. Monk was a little more. I mean, he was a genius, but he was, you know, along with the gifts come guess, come well, the torture. Where Veronica Mars wasn't, she wasn't faking anything. No, I just, th- I just think it's boring. It's like Buffy a, without a sense of humor. They all had a helper. Yeah, they all had helpers. Helper mentors. We all need helpers. Who was the helper in Monk? Uh, what was the the girl that was the actress that was also in Two oh. Guys a Girl in a Pizza Place? Oh, yeah. <laughs> to bring it back around, she was. Oh my god! Like all those. Is it? She kind of looks like Eliza Schlesinger. I can't remember what her name what is TV though. What TV network is that? Two Guys a Girl in a Pizza Place. No, I like thought it was Monk ABC. 
That was USA. Psy- was Psych on USA too? Yes. yes. Like, they really did just make a grinder for those kind of shows, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they, they I mean they had like Royal Pains. They had all these all these ones coming out. Rizzoli and Isles. Rizzoli, that's have, TNT, I think. Was it? Yeah. Characters welcome? I like Angie Harmon, man. I, I'm surprised you pulled anything. The only thing I pulled out of Rizzoli and Isles is it's got a goofy name. Angie Harmon is she's a, a handsome woman. A real dish. Is that <laughs> is that where we're going? Uh-huh. So speaking of uh speaking of nonlinear timelines that we already spoke of, you've you've uh, gotten a little farther in Witcher, right? Yes, I finally saw episode four of the Witcher. The Witcher. Uh, I so liked what? it a lot. It's it. I think once we got past uh, Yennefer's backstory, I think that's what I I didn't love about <laughs> episodes two and three was was that back. And it wasn't even necessarily her backstory or her the actress or character. Yeah. I just thought I don't know. There was something very like knockoff Harry Pottery about the yeah the, there the does, place. It's, and it's a the lady like, was mo- the 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 head mistress or whatever she was like weirdly modern and out of place in my mind and it took me uh-huh. out like everything there was a little out of place huh. like it was almost in the future yeah I I'm just like an episode ahead of you but we are taking it very slowly but oh. uh, I'm just an episode ahead of you and boy the the I have found it to be it gets very much better the farther in you get. Um, yeah, the cliffhanger that I saw is uh, Siri basically seeing the tree of life if you grew up in Utah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's another part that I'm... It's a I'm, big blue glowing tree. Because where I'm at, no, this isn't killing anything. There's more of a convergence between uh, Geralt and Yen. And I think that, that somehow just them coming together and there being more of a cohesive story there has made it a lot more watchable. And it, I... I don't know how the series stuff's going to land. There is, when you have stories that come together like that, there is a tipping point where it can go too far. Like Heroes is one. Do you remember, did, you, did you watch Heroes when it was on? I actually don't think I watched any Heroes. Most of those characters didn't actually meet until like the final episode when they were fighting Siler. It's another one of those series that I think got kind of forgotten to time. I, I liked it, lost... but it took so long for them to get together. And then you started out season two, and they were all separate again. And you're like, "All right, fine, whatever, I'm done." I think Lost would be very lo- lost to time in the same way, except for it's a it's a very pin in history of what a kind of mind hug. It, 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 it it's a good reference point of this was a this was a a story puzzle box that we that they never had the payoffs to. I think that was the last show on network TV because obviously Game of Thrones like exceeded what Lost did, but that was like must see TV. Like you, you want to so? talk about it at work the next day. I I couldn't speculate. I think that there had been stuff in between that, but I, I can't think, think of anything. The thing that on I network know most TV. About, the thing I know most about Lost is it gets brought up a lot as there it was it was a puzzle box TV show, much like Watchmen was. It was a puzzle box TV show that. They didn't have answers. Can I make a comparison? Because J.J. Abrams had a hand in both Lost and uh, the new Star Wars trilogy. He did? What, that, he, he did what? Yeah. J.J. Abrams created Lost. He did what now? And he also rebooted the Star Wars movies. I, and huh? seemingly, seemingly yeah, okay. without 
an ending or a, a through line. Oh boy. So it, it, I think they, they, I don't want to say they started out great and ended poorly because that's not fair, but the thing that plagued the star Wars, the new star Wars trilogy and lost is that there wasn't a cohesive story going through a story arc going through the whole thing. Did you see that, uh, uh, is it Colin Trevorrow? Trevorrow? I haven't read any of it. I saw that, I saw that people are saying that it's thing. great, but to me that's just like people well, saying the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League is amazing. Except for that there's no, so far as I know, there's nothing out there that says what the Snyder cut is, just that, take it on Snyder's word, it's better. Right. From what I understand, there's like some sort of a, uh, I don't know if it's scripts or if it's just an overview of what his treatment would have been. I haven't looked over it. I so it's not things. an actual script going around the internet. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at it. It's just storyboards. I saw people, I saw a few, again, I'm not exactly sure what it is. I saw a few people talking about it. One of the things I saw actually referenced was uh, Ben Solo being haunted by Luke's ghost, which I do think was one of those things that they were definitely was set up in like the phrase see around kid Mm -hmm. except for lol no i'm not (laughs) kind of is how it turned out Hmm. unless it's more of an ethereal afterlife thing but again we didn't we didn't get a ben solo ghost either so i've also seen stories and i don't click on them because it's just clickbait garbage but it's george lucas's original uh what's the word i'm looking for Vision? vision of Episode seven, eight, and nine. It's like, all right, just oh well, you whatever. You know, you you know what he said, right? I have no idea. That's not clear. No, uh, George Lucas has said his grand vision was was it midi chlorians? Yeah, it was like oh, okay. Osmosis Jones for the Force. I thought that was a separate movie. I didn't know that's where he wanted to go with. No, it. that's what he wanted the the seven, eight, nine to be. Yeah, well, guess what, George, you sold it, and you did great things with the money. Yeah, it sounds like Applaud it's a, to you. It sounds like it's a script that appeared online. Hmm. I remember. I, I can't remember where I got it actually, but it's a uh, George Lucas's original. Uh, I guess it would have been the prequel story, and I wonder if I still have it somewhere in my house, maybe in a box. I don't know about that. I know that I, I I've told you before that. Um, uh, Star Wars Minute, part of their thing is that they would talk about parts what George Lucas's original, 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 like first pass script mm-hmm. had. And he had some, back then, he had some incredibly bad ideas that he had people around him that shaved a few of those off. And I told you the one that stuck out the most for me was on Dagobah, originally um, Yoda and the ghost of Obi-Wan uh, were supposed to summon the ghost of Anakin Skywalker who was going to, like, I don't know, dub Luke a Jedi Knight. Hmm. Interesting. Which lends credence to, he didn't know the whole time that Vader was going to be his dad. Well, and also the the script that I read, and this was like probably 15 or 20 years ago. It was a long time ago. I got it in the the mid-90s, mid (laughs) mid to late-90s. And uh, it did have... Oh, hate to tell you, Travis, that's more than 15 years ago. Okay, I don't know. (laughs) Math is hard. (laughs) <laughs> but it was uh, basically the story of the ending of it was kind of how Revenge of the Sith actually happened of, you know, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin fighting and then Obi-Wan leaving Anakin for dead, thinking he was dead. 
And then he turns into Darth Vader. So it was actually pretty close. Yeah. And this is this was actually way that before Ewoks, the Phantom Menace seat. came out. So anyway, how did we get there? We were talking about The Witcher. Oh, just for the <laughs> boy, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just we all the way from. I think it got from Heroes. We got we had a brief <laughs> pass away. Big so, surprise. I, I got us lost in the weeds. So you hit the point where you kind of hit the first place where I, I assume at this point you've realized that that uh, this happens before the big siege. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first one. If I didn't already read online that there was multiple timelines, this is the one where I would have gone, what the heck? I thought they died. Yeah. And who is this? This is their daughter. So yeah, I, luckily I knew going into it there was multiple timelines. But if I didn't know that, gives a little bit of background on what series deal is. Yeah, it definitely talks about her power a, a little bit. Oh, have you? You? Ha- I, I don't imagine you've had time to look at the book any, have you? No, I haven't had a this chance is, to read it. This yet. is one of the. What's funny is this. That's one of the stories in the book. Is the book linear or is it bounce around too? Well, uh, the book is so the the Striga story. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. The Striga story. That was episode is, three. Is the first thing that happens in the book. Okay. And I don't, I don't think that they do it in the show, but um, Geralt gets heavily injured in the Striga fight. Mm. He does get injured, but it's not like he's not going to die. But remember, at the end of the episode, he is, you know, getting helped out getting by. Up. Was she? Was she a mage? I can't I'm remember. wondering if this is supposed to be that person, and it, it happened so fast. But so he gets injured pretty badly and goes to this sort of sanctuary to heal mm-hmm. and while he's there there's sort of a holy woman that he knows that they they're going back and forth on opinions about uh about what why Geralt let she more or less she's like hey the Geralt that I know would have never let himself get hurt like that mm-hmm. what's going on with you and then through the book there's this sort of story of him reasoning with her about what's going on with him interspersed with a bunch of short stories and there there's not really any call out of when any of these stories happen they're just mm-hmm. things that happen to Geralt and that story is one of them but uh, in the book I don't and I don't know if it's something that plays through or they decide this would be a way to introduce Siri Siri is much farther along in the novels as far as I know so I don't know if those two I stories I mean if she's like what 13 or 14 so that's got to take place, you know, 13 or 14 years after episode four, which is one that we're talking about. Cause the, you got the impression that, oh, yeah, the, that's right. She's pregnant. That her mother was pregnant she, yeah. in that episode. I guess so. With but, Sonic the Hedgehog's again, baby. Yeah, <laughs> with original trailer Sonic baby. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I hate to break character. Write that down, Travis. Original trailer Sonic's baby is. Uh, anyways, uh, I don't know why. That, I find that very funny. Uh, <laughs> original Sonic's Baby, I guess in the novel, and I'm, I guess I'm spoiling a little bit for you, but the TV show already is, it doesn't make a reference to the, the series, not a character at that point. So I don't know if the novels make that same connection or if that's something they did for the TV show and said, oh, we can, we can take this story and make it something else. Hmm. I guess we'll also find out. I only know Siri from the games, and from the games, Siri doesn't appear to be magical, as far as I can tell, any farther than that. Hmm. Maybe that's something they'll get to later. Any farther than what she already is, which isn't the same as magical, but I don't want to... 
I don't want to spoil anything for you for what Siri's deal is. Is is Siri's grandmother actually her grandmother? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they make some mention. They make a mention of her mother having a power that Siri's mother also had, but the was it the no she the says, lioness or is that what they the call lioness? Her? She says something. She to didn't her daughter have the about, power. I thought that it would. I thought that it was going to skip you too. I thought. Right. I think she says. I think your grandma's. I thought your grandma's gift was going to skip you too. Uh, so. Right. Sonic the Hedgehog. So Sonic the yeah Sonic the Hedgehog. That whole scene was kind of weird, but also kind of cool. Yes, there was a lot going on, and in it's that, again, in that it's another one of those things shindig. that I had to. I think I watched that scene two or three times, trying to piece together all of what was the whole concept of the um, whatever the gift of surprise or whatever. Yeah, that is a. It's like a life debt. Is that basically what it is? What it sound? What it's it like a life like debt, is, but you can cash it in it for something special. But then Mausak, Mausak is the wizard guy. Right. Says to Geralt, it, when they find out that she's pregnant, it's not a matter of that. It wasn't even that Geralt could claim it. It was, it's your duty to claim it. Mm-hmm. He who smelt it dealt it, Geralt. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then he didn't, and we know how their kingdom ended up. I guess. I guess that that... I don't know. I do got to say they, there is a lot of intrigue that they're setting up with the whole Nilfgaard. I was wondering if Nilfgaard, at first I was wondering if Nilfgaard came back just because uh, the Queen Alliance or whatever dunked so hard on their representative coming for the marriage. Right. Because that dude Could was be. from Nilfgaard. And I, right. I, I don't know why she dunked on him so hard other than that. I think they just didn't, don't respect him, obviously, because the, uh, the bagpipe guy kept playing. Every time the guy would try to talk, yeah. So they obviously don't respect them. It's like, I don't know. It it's like making fun of, I don't know who somebody we don't respect. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of the funniest person not respect. I was, I was thinking person? sports fans. It's like a, it's like making fun of Miami Dolphins fans because oh, they're they're geez. terrible this year. Any any of that. Travis, how many people do you have on your Facebook timeline that post like the same, you know, joke of like a baby in a diaper that uh, has like the Raiders logo on it or the Broncos? Oh logo? yeah, uh, they, that's why I don't like joke, memes. There's one joke, and all of the teams get on it. Yep, that's why I don't like memes because they're first of all they're stolen from somebody else. I've had uh, a few friends whose jokes were stolen by people like here in Utah that make a meme out of it and get credit for it. How dare they? Yeah, that's that's called theft. And then they're actually getting some money from it too. I didn't know you could get money from memes. Yeah, I mean if if it's if you get enough clicks on it and people start going to your your page and stuff like that, you can monetize things. Uh, you they you, apparently you know some uh, some real quality meme lords out there. Yeah, they're garbage. Them, at least. Memes are garbage. And there's people that just, all they do is share memes and they act like everybody comes to my page to see my memes. Though they're not your memes. Who are these you, people, you found Travis? A, I'm not going to name them. I, <laughs> I just think it, I think it's silly. Like if you came up with the memes yourself, fine. I've actually thought of a meme, but I'm not going to say it out loud because somebody will steal it. I'm, no, I'm just going to make not. it. I'm going to make it watch for it. <laughs> I know uh, I know a couple of one or two people who are meme heavy, but they've they I, I, I they they share memes instead of sharing pictures of their kids cuz they don't have kids. Right. And I guess I don't know. I've made some memes and some of them have gotten a few likes just amongst my friends and stuff like that, but 
nothing's gone viral. Does anything really go viral any, anymore? Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't know because I think if people. If Twitter is any indication, I look at something that's kind of uh, pretty much any any uh, tweet that I look at that's like, wow, this is pretty neat. I'll click on it, and the first comment, inevitably, the first comment is that person going, "Wow, this certainly blew up. Check out and I, <laughs> you know, check out my podcast. Check out my friends. Check out here's mm-hmm. a list of other Twitter profiles that I like. Check them out." All right. Viral. Viral indeed. The internet needs some. Uh, you know what's viral? Those potions that Geralt takes. Which that's right. That was a funny part of that episode. What was that? That's part of the character that I don't know that I. I, I wonder if they're just throwing that in because they're like, it's a thing he does. We need to. We need to show it. That you know he's getting he's getting whooped by the wind lady, mm-hmm. and he pulls pulls a little thing out and pops it and like like. It, it's full of spinach, apparently, and makes it so that you can get closer to the wind. Yeah, he's Popeye. That makes Mouse sense. Act, Mouse Act does. Yeah. Mouse Act didn't have to break a damn thing. Mouse Act just had the the situation under control. Because I don't think. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, he didn't actually do anything. Mouse Act. Mouse Mouse Act. How did they? Did they just decide to come down? He just no. Ger- Geralt broke through when he took that stuff, and he stuck his hand out, and that's what kind of. He broke the spell. Cast. That's a, again. Yeah. That's the thing. Like <laughs> the the show really is so much better. Even though I I have my opinions on you know the stu- the stories that they're doing from that that book. They're rushing through them really fast. There's one that's coming up that um, there's a amazingly good joke in the book that they don't do in the show, and I can't figure out that I, why they didn't do it because it's really funny in the book. Hmm. Maybe they'll just slip it in somewhere else. No, they do the complete. They do that complete story. I mean, yeah, oh, okay. I guess they could do it somewhere else, but I, I don't. I don't think they could based on what happens in that story. I hmm. don't know how they would do it or why they would put in another one because you'd have to shoehorn in the same thing that's in that story. But it was a good episode. I enjoyed it. It's probably, I don't know, the first episode I liked a lot too. But I, I like that it's really setting up a lot of lore and kind of taking care of some some questions from from the past yeah it, so i was just gonna say it's really i've really benefited a lot uh, from um reading the book and especially playing the game i was uh, reading something today that they were talking about uh, you know because the stuff that's happening in the show is um like supposed to be all it's all book hmm. you know we're not doing game stuff we're doing book stuff maybe they do some nods whereas henry cable's performance is 100 percent. i'm doing the Geralt from the game okay stuff with the voice and everything <laughs> and he's nailing it so but they both they're all three really good you know the game as much as a guy who wrote it who's you know just a bunch of you know scrabble tiles thrown at a wall uh, as Gerkles much as he thinks it's trash as much as he thinks it's trash like I think that the games are a great in or the game I've only played three is a really great like it feels like that world. The what I've read, it feels very much like that world. And like hmm. you know, well, having so- read it, where there's a little bit of uh, dandelion. Who I had told you, apparently uh, Jeskier or whatever his name is, is dandelion in Polish. So far, I think they've just called him the Bard, right? Have they called he, him dandelion? He, does and- his name. he doesn't call him dandelion. He he calls him Jeskier. Oh, okay. Or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Well, I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm excited to see where it goes next. Good on you, brother. 
We're so, back. We're back. <laughs> I had I had, full disclosure, everybody. I had a had an, uh, had to, a bathroom emergency. I had yeah, to go had to pull over for an emergency haircut. I had to go toss a coin to my Witcher. <laughs> oh. <Whew>. And and <laughs> I don't want to talk about the, what the value of plenty was in this situation. <laughs> so that. It was the the what of surprise the <laughs> the valley of plenty. Oh, I don't know the, about that. The dead of surprise. Dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was claimed. <laughs> so, Duder, what what else you been up to? You been watch anything? Any any news catch your eye? Uh, I went. Well, there is a little bit of news. One uh, one thing I saw is a report that the Flash movie is going to be Flashpoint, not necessarily traditionally what we expect from flashpoint yeah but maybe i don't know maybe it's a way just to at least tie some of the properties together i, think, I don't know i don't know i think i was talking i feel like i was talking about this last week and he said it might be a way for them to do recasting without making it too weird yeah i mean that would be the way to do it is flashpoint <clears throat> he changes something that affects did you ever watch the animated flashpoint that they put out yeah it's really good Gabe it's really I- dark too Dr- Drunk Batman is hilarious to Gabe and I. There's the part where uh, he gets struck by lightning, and as he's getting struck by lightning, like Drunk Batman just pulls up his flask and takes a tug while <laughs> he's getting hit by lightning. And then you got uh, uh, Aquaman and Wonder Woman having an affair in that. <laughs> Was it? Was that the same one? I can't remember. <laughs> some some of those animated ones I get mixed up. I just remember Flashpoint being very dark. Oh yeah, it's really dark. Because that that thing, just that thing I'm talking about, ends in basically Barry Allen just getting torched up. Like it didn't work. He just got hit by lightning and burned. Right. <laughs> that is funny because he's trying to get him the Flash powers back again. Yeah. And <laughs> drunk, but but it's not. It's, it's not, not Bruce. Bruce Wayne. It's old Tommy Boy. Yep, Thomas yeah. Wayne. So, Have you? Did you see Joker yet? No. Okay. No, I haven't. I was say, be, he's, he's kind of a prick in Joker. <laughs> Thomas. Well, yeah. <clears throat> they, they make mention of that, uh, that, um, telltale games, Batman. That's kind of the big plot point in that is Bruce Wayne in that version, in that whatever Batman universe, the whole thing is Bruce Wayne finding out that his parents were basically crime Lords. That's interesting. That, because in that game, he's Batman and, uh, Harvey Dent is running for office, and somewhere in the midst of that, like, there's sort of because um, he's still got that same. I mean, he became Batman, so he still mm-hmm. has that same, right? You know, vision of his parents that they were paragons of virtue, and there there was inspiration, and he he's you know constantly pining for him. And over the right. course of the game, you find out that they were basically running uh, Gotham and you know putting everybody under their thumb. And they've gone not necessarily that far, but in the the TV show Gotham, there's a little bit of Bruce finds out his dad was into some, you know, un- off the books science experiments on people and stuff like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So he's not the, you know, the what? What did you say? Paragi- paradigm of yeah. Uh, that he that he thought he was. He I he wish, was he was a little crooked. I wish I'd gotten farther into those games. That <clears throat> at the point that that game came out, the you familiar with all the Telltale stuff? They did that Walking Dead no. game and the um, Wolf Among Us that's from the Fables. They're no. really pretty. I think they're pretty cool adventure games. Kind of, they're they're a pretty good spin on old timey kind of old timey. I mean, like, <laughs> like are you, are you familiar <laughs> with stuff like Monkey Island or uh, Grim Fandango or anything like that? No. Yeah. Regardless, they they sound delightful though. 
They are. <laughs> Trav, they are. I know there's going to be one of those type of games that you know, but I'm not going to I'm not going to push the envelope. On okay, it. the envelope. All is I'm, safe. All I was going to say is like I those Batman games were neat, but they were kind of stretching the limits of the game. It, like those those games are famous for they never really updated the game engine and the, the farther in like they had a game, Guardians of the Galaxy game, they had all kinds hmm. of stuff like that. But it just started getting late where the they didn't run very smoothly, and that Batman game was one of them where it hitched a lot, and it was harder to kind of get into the story when Batman's a little cranky, cranky. <laughs> That's not a thing. Cranky Batman. I I don't know. There is only part of me. Batman. Part of me misses. Go back to Adam West to get yeah, that cranky or Batman. or Batman Brave and the Bold. He was still a little cranky in that, but a little less. It was a little more lighthearted, but not they by were, much. They were having fun with kind of stern batman i kind of would yes, like batman to Brave see and the bold was wonderful yeah and the, the but that Joker, was mostly about the villains and you know the it was it, the b-side characters yeah yeah that's why it was it, it i really loved that series that's where you'd get like it, blue beetle had a big part in it you watched all of that correct? the music meister uh i think i watched like at least the first two seasons i think i got really I kind of fell away from it only two seasons okay it, it ends and from what i think gabe told me from what it ends <clears throat> The final episode, like it, you find out it's a. The premise is it's a TV show. Like at the end of it, Batman, they're like taking down the sets and <laughs> saying goodbye and stuff like that. That's funny. The Music Meister is a classic. The one. Music Meister episode in that is spectacular. Neil Patrick Harris, they got. Also, I can't remember what the I name. I said of that it. like Yoda. They, I can't remember what the name of it was. They have an episode that Joker takes over. It's like Joker the mean and the monstrous or something hmm. like that. And they're doing the. The Joker in that is basically the Cesar Romero Joker. Nice. <laughs> it was a really fun show, and i I gotta think, I gotta think they're getting at their wits' end a little bit. I, I guess depending on what this Robert Pattinson one ends up like, they're getting at their wits' end a little bit of like we can't. We, I just wonder if we're really gonna get to a breaking point where they finally go, all right, let's do the silly Batman for a movie and see what happens. Yeah, like silly, but not. Like, Adam West's silly was fun. But I think once you got into, like, Joel Schumacher, it was like, all right, this is just this is just That's basically garbage. what I'm talking about is, like, getting back to, like, like seriously, just do try the Adam West thing and what, see what happens. A little tongue-in-cheek type stuff. Because it was fun. Yeah. And it's still fun to go back and watch. And you get the, the over-the-top villains that they just want to basically ruin batman's day i guess i don't know yeah uh, <laughs> that's their motivation you know. well the did you watch those animated adam west ones yeah where they basically try to wrap batman and robin is it batman and robin try and wrap him up into a giant tv dinner yeah and cook yeah him? is that the one that had uh two-face that i think that was the second one i think that was the uh yeah the it william was shatner a, yeah william shatner's two which is being animated as a young william shatner yeah i thought it was cool those two things are really fun i like the first one a lot more just because i i just think that the the second one the second one is fun but i think they kind of know the gag so they're li- right there's something about the first one where they're like are we re- there's like a, are we really going to do this thing like yeah we're going to do this <laughs> thing and the second one was like yeah we did this thing we know what we're doing it's kind of funny to hear their old i don't know their elderly voices oh yeah yeah, you come can. on, Jim. Yeah, we true. gotta save Gotham. Justice is everyone's <laughs> responsibility. But yeah, they're a lot of fun to watch. To the crosswalk. So I, I kind of went on. Uh, well, first I'll talk about this. I, I finally saw the movie Drive. 
I'd heard. I really like that movie. I've, I'd heard for ten years how amazing Drive was. I liked it. I mean, it's it not, wasn't. It didn't no live kidding. up to like it being an amazing movie. I didn't think. My I, wife it sounds Penny, like somebody Penny hated it. It sounds like somebody in this room isn't a real human being. I think because I saw Baby Driver first, and they're kind of in the similar veins. Baby Driver was a lot of fun. Is Penny the type of person that does not care for like over the uh, top unhappy violence? endings? No, she loves over the top violence. She so, like, hates the- in. She hated the ending. I think, and that ruined the movie for her. Really? Because he just kind of walks away. He's dead. Oh, did he die? Yeah, he doesn't. You think him driving off was just like a ghost driving off? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I guess I don't know. What? Go ahead and stretch. I'm gonna look up and see if there's anything on that. But okay, I, I always took it as that he was dead. But when he, yeah, she hates any ending that doesn't end with all the people getting together and being happy. So that's one reason she didn't like it. But she did like the violence in it. She's like, well. You know, the car chases and, and the, the fights were pretty good. Where he beats the guy to death in an elevator. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty good. Driver ending explained. It just wasn't as fun as Baby Driver to me. So I think if I had seen them in the correct order that everybody else saw them in, I might have liked it a little more. But I expected it to be a little more fun. He was just, I don't know, he was really trying to channel Steve McQueen, I think. He, he wasn't saying a lot. I think you're wrong. He was real quiet. And he always, was it was that oh, one he had a toothpick huh. all the time? Yeah, that's the one where he had a toothpick. No, all the time. Uh, no, the director and I I'm not good at saying this. It's Nicholas uh Hubadoo Yeah, oh, very Nicholas good. Winding Ref Remf. Okay. Remf. He says that he thinks he lived on for other adventures. All right. I will say for myself I honestly thought that he that that, that it was supposed to be one of those things of like uh, cuz he sat in the car bleeding out. Yeah. And then it kind of, he. I think he, he he even still had his eyes open and he's just laying there and not blinking. And then suddenly just kind of sits up and gets the car started and, drives it, the, and leaves the bag of money on the ground. Yeah. I guess that's it. I <laughs> could have at least taken the money to the, to the mom and kid. I had always uh, interpreted that as that he was dead, that it's just a way of saying like he died and then it's like his spirit. And now he's Ghost Rider. I don't remember Oscar Isaac being in it. Yeah, he was the husband that you thought, oh, I think he might he might hit her. You got that impression? I think like maybe that's why he went to jail. I kind of want to go back and watch Trevor. I don't really remember Ron Perlman in it. Oh yeah, he was Ron Perlman was the partner of Albert Brooks. So I will tell you, I remember Albert Brooks. I remember when Albert Brooks walked onto that movie. I'm like, oh, man, Albert Brooks. <laughs> Albert Brooks is way good in that movie. Yeah, he's really good. Everybody's good. And in, in that it. same lane, Brian Cranston, very good in that movie. I thought it was a good movie. I didn't not like it. I did like it. Yeah. But people talked it up like it was like hey, I mean, life-changing I, good. I been, but it was it was good. I mean, life-changing, whatever. I, I would have talked it up as, man, I really like Driver a lot. If you would have said a more serious Baby Driver, I would I have been like, okay. I, I don't know if I would. What if Baby Driver is Comedy Driver, though? Yeah, it probably is because it came <laughs> later. It was definitely yeah, I'm big fan. inspired that was, by Driver. That Drive. was the first thing I saw Ryan Gosling in. Fortunately, oh, really? he didn't like it because if you liked that, you could maybe see the next film that's also with Ryan Gosling. I think it's called Only God Forgives. I did not care for that one. The Notebook was way before Drive, though, right? 
I've never seen the Notebook. Uh, probably, but I uh, James Garner in the Notebook. Hey, hey, you, you're up, you're up for some Garner stuff. And, hey. and speaking of uh, Steve McQueen, we're gonna get no, to I, him. I, too. I just wanted to get into also with Driver. I, did you did this land with you? I think the soundtrack for Driver is amazing. It's actually Drive, but yes, it is. Is it just Drive? Yeah, it's just Drive. Hot damn. <laughs> what, what a moron. <laughs> That's okay. You Yeah. But the, the soundtrack, soundtrack was really cool. It was very much like an LA kind of underground pop band kind of soundtrack. It almost sounded a little bit eighties to me, the music. Yeah. Yeah, it was really synthy, cool. But I like it a lot. I think it might have taken place. Well, no, I take it back. I was gonna say I think it might take place in the eighties. But I, th- it actually, he drove into the Staples Center at the very beginning when, <laughs> when he's getting with. So it definitely was in the 80s. But it kind of had like a throwback feel to it, which I liked. Hey, can I ask you? Yes. Only because I'm just seeing, I'm on IMDb and I'm seeing this. And I saw this trailer when I was at Uncut Gems. Have you seen the trailer for Hunters? No, I haven't. Okay. I should. What, what's hey, it about? Uh, what it seems to be is, what if powers, but we don't have powers and instead of superheroes, we hunt Nazis? Hmm. It's. I think it's. It said it's based on a so true story. So they don't have powers. No, it's just like it, it, I saw a trailer. What it seems like is some dude moves into a neighborhood. Uh, I don't know if he has a bad time or if he's got a history with Nazis, but like he kind of gets co-opted in this to this group of people who are like, "Hey, we know where a bunch of secret Nazis are, and we're going to kill all of is them." Is it modern day? No, it's like 60s or 70s, it seems like. Oh, so they were, it was the escaped ones that like moved to Bolivia or wherever they were living? This is in the suburbs. Oh, okay. So, All right. Based on so, the true movie. So it's like that uh, the devil next door thing I was telling you about. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Because <clears throat> the thing was, that guy was a Nazi. The, they oh, don't yeah, think I it think was I've the seen, guy that they were saying he was, it, but he was definitely a Nazi. Isn't there something with Gandalf in it that's sad? The The... Apt pupil? Is that, is that what it was called from the nineties? I never saw it, but I remember exactly what you're talking about. Okay. Where yeah, he like ends up dressing he gets his uniform on and starts terrorizing the kid or something like that. I don't that. think I saw that movie, but that sounds like something that would happen in a movie. And then there was another one. He, I'm sorry, I think Ian McKellen. Was, he's not yeah. really Gandalf. I think there was one from like last year <clears throat> and it's got Oscar Isaac and Sir Ben Kingsley oh. as as the Nazi <gasps> and they go down to south america because they're hunting i think this takes place in like the 60s or something too that sounds right up my alley so yeah they go down there to to find this guy and it's kind of the whole operation of tracking him down proving it's him that kind of thing operation, i haven't seen that either i just remember the trailer operation sexy beast it's very dramatic Let but me look ben, at ben kingsley's thing yeah here. he's the uh he's he, the, the ben Nazi. kingsley is a workhorse so it's <laughs> we are gonna be hunting <laughs> oh, Nazis. No, that's rumored there is something here called Ich bin dann mal Charlie. Spider, mm, spider in the web? Maybe. That sounds familiar. That was from 2019. It might be Spider in the I web. I guess I could look at it. Yeah, click on it. Go is ahead, Oscar Isaac in ahead, there? Go ahead and stretch. I'll see if... Uh, spider in the web. Oscar Isaac. Okay, maybe it's not Oscar Isaac. Would it be Monica Bellucci? That's not Oscar Isaac. No, Monica Bellucci. Ooh. The Bellucci. She's a, she's a lovely lady. No, I don't She's think... She's Italian. I don't... No, this is... That's not what that movie is. All right. It's Water, not important. Is it, is it Watership Down? No, it's is definitely Watership not Down Watership Down. Nazis Down. in it? No, that, that just has like killer rabbits in it. 
Night Hunter. Operation Finale. You know, I think that might be Operation. His name's Adolf Eichmann. That sounds. Oh yeah, that sounds. Yeah. Yep, dude. Yep. The poster is a. The poster is a pair of glasses, blood, and the pair of glasses are broken in a Nazi symbol. There you go. Is it Oscar Isaac? It is Oscar Isaac. I remember things vaguely. It's just a, it's just a foggy forest, my memory. But every once in a while, I can pull something out of there. A team of secret agents set out to track down the Nazi officer who masterminded the Holocaust. Who masterminded it? Dun dun dun. I I think I need to seek this out. That sounds like a cool watch. Yeah. It, it's it says it's actually a biography. Oh really? Oscar Isaac existed back then. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see that. That sounds cool. I haven't seen Ben Kingsley in a while, other than that I watch Sexy Beast once or twice a year. I, I've never seen that. I need to see it. I've heard it's really good. I adore that movie. Uh, I really I guess love I'll, it. I guess I'll watch it. But Drive. Drive was pretty good. Good on you, brother. Like and it. that made you wear. Where did that leave you, Trav? Uh, well, Where did it lead you to? I was just flipping through Netflix looking for something to watch, and I found Once Upon a Time in, not Hollywood, but the West. Ah. I'd never seen it before. I watched it. Sergio Leone at his best. It's great. It is a great movie. If you, it, it's sure. on Netflix. It, you can tell that uh, Quentin Tarantino was definitely inspired by who's, by who's these the star movies. Star Wars, Time in the West. Charles Bronson. Oh, okay. Also, Jason Robards is in it. Oh, um, uh, oh, <laughs> Jason Robards really struck something in me. Oh, yeah, and uh, he's really great in it, actually. And oh god, it's the Fonda, not the Fond, the the older Fonda. Hey, Peter, uh, is it Peter? I, I it don't might. Know. No, I don't it's know. not the, the Fonda, one. The Fondas, other than Jane, obviously, all really run together for it's me. It's not the one from Easy Rider. That it's the it's Fonda. the older one. Jane, is there a James Fonda? <sighs> I don't know. Anyway, there's a Fonda in it. Arthur and Fonda, he, he's kind of the bad guy in it. It's a great movie, man. Sounds it's got cool. twists and turns. Bronson, they just call him Harmonica. <laughs> it's a little bit like uh, uh, the man with no name, the Clint Eastwood. Oh, yeah. Kind of like, because he just kind of comes out of nowhere. He does talk, but he just kind of appears out of nowhere. And you don't know why he's getting involved, but he's getting involved. You find out at the end why he's getting involved, because he's out for revenge. But it's like beautifully filmed. The music it's in a it. Western, aren't they all out for revenge? Yeah, more or less. But the music in it just like strikes a chord. It it's very Tarantino esque, so you can tell it was an influence for it. It's it's pretty fun to go back and watch. And then I just started kind of going down this this rabbit hole. The next thing I watched was The Great Escape, which I had never seen before. Is Charles Bronson creepy in The Great Escape, or am I thinking? I think he might also be in The Dirty Dozen. There's one of the movies where he's really he's. He I don't think he's a lot. No, no, he 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 ends up having panic attacks. God, who? Am I? But I don't think he's creepy at all in in the Great Escape. No, I'm. I think I might be thinking of Telly Savalas is in either Dirty Dozen or Great Escape, and he's really okay. creepy in it. Well, Travis, there's something I'm thinking of. It's definitely something. Telly Savalas is not in the Great Escape. So, but who is in it? You got Bronson. You got Steve McQueen. You got Sir Richard Attenborough, and you got James Garner, just to name a few. James Garner, I never realized this from watching his older stuff. He's a charming guy. Yep. Like, he should have been a much bigger star. Like, he was, like, 
probably Burt Reynolds charming. In my opinion, anyway. He didn't have yeah, a mustache. I mean, he was the Maverick. That's true. He was Maverick. He was also... What was the detective show he was on? Oh, what was that one called? I can't think of it. I can't think of it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, from, I, it's from the 70s. It was, I think it was the Dirty Dozen I was thinking of. I'll look up James Garner. We'll get there. But The Great Escape's really cool. Oh, it also had James Coburn in it. Oh, James Coburn. Do you know what? My son said this, and Ooh. that's all I could see after he said it, is he said Benedict Cumberbatch. He looks exactly like Benedict Cumberbatch. Like Benedict Cumberbatch could play a role if they did like a sequel. He could play the role. Oh, are you thinking of the Rockford Files? The Rockford Files, yes. (laughs) Yes. You know, it's funny you were talking about Steve McQueen and Drive. Uh, Have you ever seen Bullet? No, that's on my my to-do list is to see Bullet. I'm going to see if it's streaming anywhere. But yeah, I definitely have always wanted to see that because the car chases are legendary. Car chases are cool and just he's cool. Steve McQueen is cool. Steve McQueen is And you know what? Also, he was that kind of race car driver guy. Yeah. Charles Bronson, underrated. Like, I just kind of know him from like making Death Wish 17. and I think that's probably why he's like. He, he, he was kind of like Seagal is now that's, toward that's the end. That's exactly where he's yeah. going. <laughs> but his early stuff was, is, he's really good. Yeah, I was just going to say, it would, like, it would be like if you found out that Seagal had an early career where he was really good. Yeah, he's very subtle, but I mean, <laughs> they they zoom in on him and some shots of Once Upon a Time in the West. And it's just him just looking, looking at the guy. And you just see like the cracks in his face and the little dots. Yes, a very craggy man. Yeah, but man, you get you get what he's trying to to get across. You know, it's good acting, and he didn't need to, you know, go off on a soliloquy to tell us what he's thinking. You yeah. you know what he's thinking. So he's he's underrated. Uh, Coburn also, I think super underrated. I don't know if James Coburn was underrated. I don't know that there was anybody who ever stopped saying James Coburn is way good. Yeah, that, you're probably right there. Because he kind he kept working right up to the end too, yeah. but he is also in uh, all three of those guys: McQueen, Coburn, and uh, Bronson, who are all in The Great Escape, are also in The Magnificent Seven. And that was the next thing I ended up watching. I just I needed I needed oh, to um, to just like unwind and <laughs> not think about who, things this week. <laughs> I get you. Uh, who's uh, I'm skating on main guy? Yul Brenner. Yeah, Yul Brenner. Yeah. That's a great movie what an too. Interesting guy. Yeah, he's got if something of a bastard, but oh, in real life, I, I don't know much about him. In I real can't life. remember. I think I was somebody on a podcast. I remember talking about that as a child actor. They were they got to work with Yul Brenner and like uh-huh. Yul Brenner slapping kids when they would talk out of turn and things <laughs> like that. I think I remember maybe he was that. in character. He was the king of Siam. Yeah, in the King and I. Anyway, really distinct looking gentleman. I had seen the or the remake of the Magnificent Seven with Denzel and Chris Pratt, and I can't remember who else was in it. I haven't seen, and that. it's good. You know what you need to do, but now, the original Travis, is way different. You need to see the original original. Oh, the Seventh Samurai. You have you ever seen? I think Seventh I Samurai? saw it when I was a kid, and like Seventh on Samurai on Saturday morning good. TV then you're or something. Get, then you're going to get in the Kurosawa hole. Probably. Watch out, and that's okay because I'm I'm finding that. Going back and watching some of this old stuff I never saw before, I think I'm mm-hmm. old enough now that I can appreciate it. And it seems like, it seems like old Hollywood. And yeah. I think that's something that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like, 
lit a fuse in my brain like, oh, you need to go back and appreciate some of this older stuff. It doesn't just have to be superheroes and wizards and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I have... I have, I I've told you I never thought I would get to this place, but I'm kind of burned out on, on you know like superheroy. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. Stuff. I get it because it's just like just watching a simple cowboy movie. Yeah, if it's done well, it's amazing. You get the music right. I would speculate that the remake of of Magnificent Seven does it maybe feel a little overdone having watched the original now? Oh yeah, for sure. They definitely did too much special effects and stuff like that and it's fine but i think the, the original the original one it leans heavy on performance rather than set pieces well it, it makes me wonder what in the original one they go back and they save a town in mexico that's getting basically these bandits are coming to town and it's kind of like a bug's life where they're they're coming in. I wonder if that's what a bug's life is. Is it supposed to be like that? that's the impression I got? That's yeah, funny. So these bandits come in and they take all of their, you know, they take all their grains, they take all their their chickens and livestock, and then they leave, and then they come back later. You know, they come, they eat, they leave, just like Hopper's gang. So and these guys, you know, come and hire the Magnificent Seven to come and and scare these guys away or kill them or whatever. And in the in the remake one, I can't remember the circumstances, but I swear there was like money or oil or gold or something involved, and that's why the bad guys were were shooting up this town. And it was also a town in America, and it was predominantly like American people living in the town. So uh, it's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. Like if you if you can get a hold of it, go back and watch Seven Samurai because Seven Samurai is. Like yeah, yeah. I I definitely want to watch the that. Realist. I I think my dad made me watch it when I was a kid, and I I didn't have a sophisticated palate yet, so I didn't quite enjoy it. But I think if I went back and watch it now, Kurosawa stuff is, I think I don't know. I think it's probably like more just like Kurosawa. I make mad films. Yeah, okay, I, don't, <laughs> I don't make films, but if they do, no. have a samurai. No, I will not have you doing one week <laughs> in my house. It's been. So I, I watched an old movie at work. At work in my office, we got into a, a we got into a bit of a movie club discussion. All right. And one of the movies that came up that I real we were just talking about. Uh, we weren't looking for really great movies. Like Condor Man came up. Uh, I but, vaguely uh, remember that from when I was a kid. I just remember renting it on VHS. Yeah. Wasn't it Michael Crawford? I think from, you're right. I don't, from uh, the Phantom of the Opera, that's what he's famous for. But I'm pretty really? sure that's I think who Condor Man. I, I didn't. Really when is that coming to Disney Plus? I looked for it there, but it is not there. <laughs> but what was there that we just discussed that uh, uh, we brought up the black hole? Oh yeah. And I started talking about like, yeah, I know it's not a very good movie, but I mean the the robot designs are cool. There's a lot of cool stuff. I watched it, Travis. I was wrong. The robots are not cool. They're kind of like a little. I mean, obviously they're trying to build on the the love of R two D two, except that they could float and they had eyes painted on. I don't think. Kind of yeah. Yeah, basically, and there was and one that was very, banged up. They're very quippy. Yeah, and one that was new, and they spoke English. Yes, but then there's also the big bad. Robot wasn't the robot the the bad one Maximilian. We're talking about Maximilian. Yeah, and that one was scary. I remember being scared a little bit when I was a kid watching it, and then I've seen it as an adult, but I don't remember 
it is too also, much about it. It is also, it's very dark and surprisingly violent. Anthony Perkins dies in a really gnarly way. Oh, yeah, I forgot it's Anthony Perkins in it. Yeah. Oh, no, it, it, it's the got ba- star power. You've got... The uh, bad guy is from uh, uh, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, right? I don't I don't know if that was his name's the guy's Nemo, name's, I think. The guy's name's Maximilian Shell. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that that's that I'm pretty sure that's Captain Nemo he seemed from recognizable. There. I don't know if I've seen that, but uh hmm. you got like him, you've got Anthony Perkins, you've got Robert Forrester Ooh. playing it very wooden, you've got uh <clears throat> and you've got Ernest Borgnine. Ernest Borgnine. The I forgot he was on there. Smorgasborgnine. He was in Red and Red 2. Is he? Yeah. Which I also watched this week. So uh, let me see. I don't Ernest think I don't have it on here. He was a uh, mermaid man in SpongeBob. Oh, okay. That was his, like, that was his most hell? recent thing. <laughs> mermaid man and Barnacle Boy. Tim Conway was Barnacle Boy. They're both dead. Rest in peace, guys. R.I.P. R.I.P. Let them have it. I'm trying to find out the. Oh, the two guy, the two voices for uh, the robots. The old dumpy robot was Slim Pickens. Oh yeah. And the the <laughs> newer model was uh, oh who's the guy in Clockwork Orange? I can't remember his name now. Oh. Um. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna have to write down the time on this week. Cut it out. <laughs> I'm trying to look it up real quick. Malcolm McDowell? Yeah. I think it was Malcolm. Malcolm. No, it's Roddy McDowell. Oh, Roddy McDowell is not the guy from Clockwork Orange. Well, it was a McDowell. Roddy McDowell is from Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I'm, Travis, I know they're both McDowells. I might <laughs> even be wrong on that. It was definitely a McDowell. Was just, okay. The robot is the robot is really quippy. Like, you know, they're, they're always like, Vincent. He's like, a penny saved is a penny earned. <laughs> kind of. It, it's a lot of quotes like that. Like. A, a like a watched pot doesn't boil kind of stuff. So they just had him read a bunch of garbage and then like, where should we plug this in? It seems like that, but they're they're not uh, the designs on the road. You can tell this is a Disney era of we were not doing so great. <laughs> we're throwing stuff against the wall to see yeah. what sticks. Yeah, it, it was not El Dente. No, <laughs> I will say this about the black hole. Uh, we keep remaking movies that were already good. Yeah. The Black Hole was a movie that is very not good, but I think had the enough of a kernel of an idea that you could have a really badass Black Hole movie in this era. Like, maybe even make it a horror movie. I say the same thing about The Black Cauldron. Aforementioned, aforementioned Anthony Perkins' death is... So Vincent has these little claw hands that will spin like saw blades. Mm-hmm. And... He goes to Anthony Perkins with one of those. Anthony Perkins puts up a book, and it blasts through that, and you just see Anthony Perkins like, ah! <laughs> like, that probably terrified kids. So here's the thing I wanted to talk about. Here's the thing, Trav. Mm-hmm. You ready for the thing? Let's get into the black hole. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. At the end, everybody goes in the black hole. Everybody? I don't even remember that. <laughs> Do you remember what happens in the black hole? Uh, I don't. It's kind of the tunnel from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, yeah? <laughs> everybody in the probe. So you've got everybody in the probe and then the giant ship go into the black hole. Everybody in the probe is tripping out, even the robot. They're, they've got this weird setup spinning around the camera and it will do a, a close-up. And like Robert Forrester is just looking around and they've got 
they're, they're playing back like like ghostly things of things they said in the movie and they're like ah, I'm going insane but then it cuts and it's got the, the dumb robot's face with the panda on eyes and he's like we are the best of the best none like the rest you know kind of thing <laughs> um, first of all I, I do want to call out as they're going <laughs> I talked about that Robert Forrester is a little wooden in it mm-hmm. as they go into the black hole the young kid who's in it the, the young hotshot it's like you're not telling me we're going to go into the black hole. Literally, Forrester keeps looking and just sighs and goes, he, he just kind of goes, yep. <laughs> that, the line is just, we're about to go into this black hole that we don't know what happens. And he just goes, yep. <laughs> Here's the thing. Do you remember what happens to the evil scientist? I, if I remember correctly... He and Maximilian just get sent out into space and they float away, right? Oh, no, like sort of. They get they don't get sucked they into go space. Into the, they go into the black hole. Okay. In the black hole, they merge together and <laughs> go to hell. I kind I kind of remember them merging together. Now I don't remember the hell thing. This is this make like as a kid. I read an article where some guy was talking about. I was nine when it came out and. I was a changed person. What year did it come out? 1979. Okay, so I was two. Yeah. All right. I definitely remember seeing it because I remember enough to remember, okay, they go through the black hole and come out the other side. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of ambiguous about what that means. And and that is kind of what happens. But toward the end of it, so you have it in the the Charlie Chocolate Factory tunnel. There's no direction that we're going. You see the bad guy kind of floating around, and it comes up, and for some reason, now he has really long white hair and a really long white beard, <laughs> and him and Maximilian kind of float together. And I, as I'm watching, I'm thinking, like, are they are they going to kiss? <laughs> but they float together, and it fades out, and the next thing you see is because Maximilian had that little visor. Mm-hmm. The visor's open, and you see his eyes in it looking around, and it starts <laughs> fading out, and literally, Maximilian is on top of this rocky mountain, in hell, it cuts out, and there's fire and brimstone, and there's <laughs> there are people in shrouds, like standing around him. And I'm like, I watching it. It's a pretty dry movie that you can look at and go like, oh, I can kind of see. You know, this is definitely a late '70s sci-fi movie. Right. That it has the tone of like a Battlestar Galactica. Not even a Battlestar Galactica. It has the tone of a sci-fi movie from that era that was like there wasn't really a lot of life to it. Uh huh. Except for the weird tonal shifts between that and the goofy robots. But then all of a sudden you've got this thing where it's a kid's movie, kind of. But you have this scene where completely unexplained, not explained, goes to hell. Goes to Christian (laughs) hell. Because it does that. And then it has this weird thing where it goes through a series, like a hall of glass doors. Like something out of Labyrinth. And a ghostly visage of a woman floats through it. And then you go back to the probe, and they're on the other side, and it shows them float. It do- they don't even have an explanation. It shows them they just kind of wake up and look, and there's a planet in the distance, and <laughs> fade to black. I got to watch it now. I know it's on Disney+. And Plus. I, looked I, up a bunch of, I looked up a bunch of interviews with the people. Like uh, a lot of, Actually, a lot of really cool stuff of them talking about, like, you know, Robert Forrester was really great to work with. He, you know, uh, Ernest Borgnine was really gregarious, and he was a consummate like if something needed to be done he'd grab and like sweeping floors and stuff and the, <laughs> you know anthony perkins they, they like when they weren't sh- shooting they would talk to him and he would tell him they said you know about his like uh anthony or alfred hitchcock impression mm. like really cool stories but they say in the midst of it 
we didn't have an ending. And that's what they came up with. And that's what they came up with. Oh boy, what is it with Hollywood and like that Max not having good endings? Cool stories about that Max Shell. There was a really cool story about like um, they contacted him through a friend, and the director went to meet him. And he he was like talking about like, oh, I, I can't be in your movie. This is trash. I won't be in your movie. Now this this other movie that I've seen, like you you, you need to learn from this guy. This guy made an ama- amazing movie. He's like, and the guy that he's talking to was like, I actually directed that movie. And he goes. He said he stood up, kissed me on the cheek, and said, I will be in your movie, and walked away. <laughs> but, like, you know, just all these great stories, but just talking about, like, yeah, we we just didn't know what we were going to do. And, and telling this weird story, about, I don't know if you remember this, after Maximilian kills Anthony Perkins, mm-hmm. the doctor, the, the guy that Max Shell plays, walks up to the woman and, like, kind of gets closer and goes, protect me from Maximilian. <laughs> and, again, that's something that nothing plays out with that. And they say in the thing, like, yeah, he ad-libbed that line, and we decided, go ahead and throw it just in. Just leave it in, even though it doesn't make sense, and he's clearly working for you. It's <laughs> uh, it's it's not a good movie, but it is fascinating, especially if you look a little of the... It, that ending is not... It's not a in nanners. the same movie. It's Nanners. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and like I said, I think that is a property that is ripe for a, re- a remake, a movie that there there is... The, there is the spark of kind of an interesting idea there, mm-hmm. but they just boofed it. Like, and and also, if you remake it, do the hell ending, but don't do don't do the hell ending. Please do it, but don't don't do it. You shouldn't do it. But I would really love it if you'd do it. What if they just went into space and died? Wouldn't that have been a good enough ending? Sure. Like the bad guys are out there and they died. I guess it would also. And then the good on- guys came out the other side I don't making know. making the black hole in a modern era because something else i found out about it, it's not it's not that surprising is that it, it is incredibly just like offensively scientifically inaccurate <laughs> so what i would wonder is even star wars is though because there's explosions and fire in space <clears throat> oh true <laughs> but that happens a long time ago in a galaxy far from that's away. true there's I, space magic in i guess it. the, the like, vacuum the was turned off back then that's the buy-in is you go see star wars and the buy-in is you know, there are aliens that can't possibly exist. There's space magic. Right. You buy in on that. Mm-hmm. The black hole, you're buying in on, this is kind of trying to say this is what the future is going to be. Because uh, the other thing, the woman has an ESP link with the robot. Hmm. She has the force, that. but only with a robot. I got to go back and watch it. It's on Disney Plus, baby. Blackbeard's Ghost is the way to go. If you're going to watch something with black in the title. With black in it. Blackbeard's Ghost. And I know we talked about it like a month ago or whatever, yeah. but man, it was a fun watch. It was fun to go back and rewatch that show. Man, there's also an advertisement for Brain Games hosted by Mike, Keegan Michael Key on this. And this is a murderer's row of people who are on that network and will do anything. <laughs> Did you have you seen any of the old Battlestar Galacticas as an adult? Probably not. No. They're fun. I don't know if they're still on Netflix. I think they went away. They were on there for a while. So I was going that back was and watching them. definitely more a show kind of for kids, right? Uh, kind of. I mean, it was kid friendly. They had the gorilla dressed up as a robot, right? Yeah, they, yeah, they did. It was Moffat or something. Yeah, Yeah. that was funny. But it it was, it was definitely kid friendly. A lot more than the new Battlestar Galactica, which, oh yes, which is definitely a superior show. Speaking of the new Battlestar Galactica, I am surprised Westworld is coming back in March. Oh, is it? Which just Westworld has a similar premise of who's. Who's, who's, who's real and who's oh, asylum. Oh, shit, we're all the robots. What did uh, we do? <laughs> <laughs> but the old ones are fun to watch because, first of all, the Cylons are rad-looking. 
I mean, they're they're like silver stormtroopers. I always yeah. thought they were, they were really cool. I had a, a Cylon toy when I was a kid, and it was much bigger than the stormtrooper. So I used to call him King Stormtrooper. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's part of what made me think initially that the robots were cool in the Black Hole. Because I think similarly, mm-hmm. the toys for Battlestar Galactica, the like the Cylon designs, are maybe cooler than. When you watch the shows, like those are those are a little too obviously dudes in suits. Yeah, but it's okay because they got that red light that goes yeah. back and forth, and their voice was yeah. cool. The robot, they they got the kit eyes. All of the ships were cool, and you got Lauren Green in space, the greenest of Lawrence. The greenest of Lawrence. That's right. <laughs> but Dirk Benedict is good in it. Uh, who's the guy that plays Apollo? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He does a good job. Well, okay, it's let fun. me. If I were to say there's another show that that is similar to Battlestar Galactica from that era that always gets com- like they're completely melted in my head to the point that I almost called Moffat the name of the robot in this show. Would you be able to name it? Oh God. I know if you say it, I'm going to go, of course. Um, from the early, like late seventies, early eighties science fiction. Oh, Buck Rogers. Yep. Okay. Buck. yeah, when you were saying like the robot, what was his name? I was like, I can't say, <laughs> I can't say Twiggy because that's yeah, the Twiggy, one from Buck Rogers. Twiggy's the robot, and then the little, the doctor. What is it, Doctor? I don't. Doctor something or other is the is the like medallion thing that he carries. I was a nerd kid, so basically I remember the robots from Buck Rogers. Was a fun show too. Aaron Gray and Buck Rogers. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, I remember having a crush the- on her as a little kid. Did you? Did you watch much of the new uh, Battlestar Galactica? Yeah, I watched the whole series. Did they have a Moffat for? I don't. I don't remember one. Doesn't mean that there wasn't one, huh. like on a planet or something. Or that's a know. series that I kind. I don't think there was I'm stuck with, but it's really I good. I think it. it's. I want to say it's on Netflix. I think it was. Was it Fat Apollo? Was where I was a little bit. They did the time jump, and you had Fat Apollo. Oh yeah. <laughs> He was depressed. He was he was stress eating. He's very depressed. <laughs> There's a lot of good actors that came out of that show though that you didn't really know and they're I mean they're not like superstars now but you see him yeah. popping up and stuff. I've never heard of Edward James almost until then. Well, he he's one that you uh, would heard of. I keep, and I the keep. lead the lead who was in Katie Sackoff? No, oh, no, Katie Sackoff is one that that I'm talking about that you see her in a lot of stuff now. No, it's the the lady that was in uh Dances with wolves, you know, stands yeah, okay. with a fist. I, I can't, I don't know her name. I can't remember off the top of my head either, but you see uh, the guy that played uh, Colonel Ty. He's in a lot of stuff here and there. Um, Boomer. Boomer's on Hawaii Five-0. Boomer Eliasson was in that? No, the character Boomer. Oh, I don't know. Boomer was a black mm. man in the original uh, Battlestar Galactica and played by an Asian woman in the new one. And she is on Hawaii Five O. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't remember what her name. I, I can't remember anybody's name tonight, so don't take it personally. If you're hey, listening. I, I think I've I've done fairly well, things considered. General Adama, I remember that. Yeah, that's. I wish I had more, more time. time. I haven't even been getting through Witcher, so what right. would give me the right to think that I would watch end up watching Battlestar Galactica? Hopefully, life will get back to normal for me soon, and then we'll. We'll get back on a regular schedule. So, 
Anyway, I think we've 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 reached we've reached the hour mark. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. this is cut in, in half. So so then this is going to be the point where we ask. So I had to go if, toss uh, a coin to my Witcher. You got, <laughs> you got anything to plug, my dude? Um, this weekend, I, it'll probably come out afterward. Sorry, uh, I'm opening for Mick Foley Thursday, Friday, oh, and Saturday. For yeah, Mick, huh? yeah, hey. yeah. It'll be nice. fun. I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be great. Uh, coming up in March 10th. In Las Vegas, I'll be doing a show at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club. That's cool. Yeah, it's on the Las Vegas Strip. I can't remember the hotel right now. I didn't write it down. So that'll be cool. I'm looking forward to that. And then hopefully it'll turn into, you know, getting booked more times down there. I'll be going with Vicki Barblack, who I was on shows with last weekend. She likes me a lot. So she invited me to come do her show down there. Nice. And hopefully it'll turn into more stuff down there. Now, Mick Foley comes through town fairly regular. This This is only the second time. This is the only the second time? Only, and that was like... Ever? Probably four years ago. Ever? Yeah. yeah. I swear to God I've seen Mick Foley... Nope. This is only the second time he's been here ever. Huh. I mean, he's probably been here to wrestle, but he's never been to to do like For some reason, I got, the, I got memory of seeing that like, he just seems like one of those guys who's been who tours fairly Mm-mm. regular has been through. He's been touring a lot. He just hasn't been here for Crazy. a few years. Yeah. Crazy cuckoo going So I'm excited. Hopefully, you, you a lot of people show up. Did you you didn't uh, open for him before? Did you? I was or on did he a even have an opener. He did. Marcus opened for him, but I was on a showcase show with him because he showed up a day early, and we were doing a Ronald McDonald House show. It was all the all the money went to the Ronald McDonald House, so he showed up a day early and jumped on that show because that was a cool. You know, he does a lot of charity stuff, like yeah. tons and tons of charity stuff. So it was cool to have him jump on that show. So. Yeah, I, I had worked with him before, technically. Kind but. Of the interesting thing about the WWE is, I, I'm saying this off the dome, is uh, as kind of a weird and, from my perception and knowledge, like can be kind of skeevy organization, turns out a lot of really charitable people. They do, yeah. The, the A lot of the people that work for them do a lot of stuff you never hear about. The thing, I, I do support WWE doing a lot of charity, but they've always got a camera crew there to take pictures of it and show clips of it and that's that's good in that it makes people aware of the charity so that maybe people will help with that charity but it's also trying to get a pat on the back so it, I are you talking know. to specific people in general no just the company i just look at like no john, i'm talking i'm specifically talking specifically about the company seems like a dude who is really horny for charity yeah he is and like even hulk hogan had his troubles the last couple of years but he was <laughs> Before that, he was very well known. He was the most requested person for, um, uh, well, he certainly, you know, make a wish. That's it. Yeah. Make a, he was the most requested person for make a wish. He certainly spread some charity on Brutus Beefcake. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he did. Yeah. That's the word on the street. I did. That was, uh, on, uh, what's his name? Bruce Pritchard's podcast. There was a Brutus. Oh, Beefcake by giving him a lot of episode. jobs and stuff. Well, there was that, but no, it was like when he, when he had that accident that his face got smashed, like Hulk Hogan, oh, right. basically Hulk Hogan was very integral in him actually living. Hulk through that. Hogan. Sorry, the Ultimate Warrior jumped out a little bit. <laughs> Whoa, <there>. Warrior. <laughs> no, but yeah, I'm, that was just one of those. Uh, there's a lot of wrestlers that do a lot of that kind of stuff. I've seen several wrestlers come out of that that coming from, 
I don't think it's talking out of line to say that the WWE can be a pretty skeevy organization. Yeah, like I said, they they do a lot of charity work, but they also let you know that they did it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not even talking. I'm just talking about guys like Foley. Or but the Mike NFL Johnson and the NBA do the same thing. Who come out the other end of it and just seem to be guys who really like doing charity right. work. And and that's all legit, and that's that's awesome that they do that. And it it makes a lot of sense because. Like uh, I don't know if Dwayne, you've Dwayne Johnson very big on like kind of The Rock's dad actually passed away today. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So that that sucks. Hmm. But uh if you I don't know if you've been to a live wrestling event for so long ago. <laughs> there there's a lot of special needs people there. Yeah. Because there's something about professional wrestling, maybe it's the underdog with their life super part of it. Basically. Yeah. And it really appeals to people who are actually going through physical and emotional and uh mental you know struggles in their life and it for some reason it just it resonates with them so they're a a big part of the fan base so it makes a lot of sense for for these people to go out and you know just give them hugs and yeah, now, and now you get guys Tell them like, to keep fighting. like Johnson who are, you know, they they come from being that live superhero wrestler and now he's just the biggest star in the universe and he still takes <laughs> yeah. time out to go say hi to little kids and things like it's that. It's crazy. Like when you see some of these, these wrestlers that are making it now, like, you know, like The Rock or even Batista, Batista. and then you see other guys like Shawn Michaels probably should have been a movie star. Hmm. He had the movie star looks and attitude. Huh. I mean, even like even Dolph Ziggler nowadays, you look at him and you're like, he could be in a movie. I feel like Shawn Michaels was just a little too dirty white boy. Maybe. Like he could if if they had capitalized him on the eighties, he could have been Cobra. I mean Stone Cold hasn't or, really done a lot or in if movies. It's funny but, that you mentioned it. I had forgotten about the movie Stone Cold featuring Brian Bosworth. <laughs> they could have Shawn the Michaels Boz. definitely could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there was a period there for like 10 years or so where WWE was making their own movies. And I don't think they're doing it anymore. I think they stopped. I think they I think they do still do them. They're I don't just, know because they used to advertise them on their shows like crazy. But they they did like, I don't know, six Marine movies. Yeah. I think The Miz was starring in them at one point. I think The Marine is maybe the biggest thing they ended up putting out. And the first one was John Cena. Yeah. And then it went to like Randy Orton. And I think, the, like I said, the Miz. I think they even did. They did a jingle all the way to oh. WWE Films did with Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw that one. Oh. Uh. Speaking in that lane, uh, have you seen the pre? You you have to have. They've been on like any movie that I go to. That uh, spy kid movie with Batista. Yes. That looks really bad i guess if you're a kid maybe. except for the joke about him looking like the looking like the wedding at the end of shrek is yeah really funny but yeah Kristen shawl's really funny and she's in it and it's a it's a movie for kids i don't the little girl looks like she's a good actor and everything and batista's batista it just does it looks very unwatchable for it me. was kind of funny when she knocked over his his fish yeah <laughs> but yeah it's definitely uh it, it's kind of like the game plan with guns i guess it's like uh it seems like it that's that's Batista's tooth fairy. Right. But he's already... I'm like, Batista, you've already made it. You don't have to make the tooth fairy. I don't know. Batista is not the rock. I'm just going to say that. No, he's not. He's like not Stuber. The rock. He's not the rock, but he's Stuber good. needed a much I didn't see better Stuber, so actor I have to... 
than Batista. He's not in, in a ton of that Blade Runner in the new Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. He's not in a ton of it, but he's really good what he's in. I think he's great as a secondary character. I don't think he's a lead. He's not The Rock. I mean, that's not that's not an insult to say that somebody isn't the biggest movie star in the world. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I would have to see. I, I don't want. I certainly don't want to trash on on Dwayne Johnson. I think Dwayne Johnson is in a Schwarzenegger lane of he's maybe not necessarily a great actor. He is just the most charming. Yeah, he's super charming. Whereas, and he's not a bad actor. I so. would say Batista isn't necessarily the most charming, but I think he's maybe maybe a better actor than Dwayne Johnson. He could I think be, I don't know that Dwayne Johnson could be say that role in uh, in Blade Runner. Yeah, probably not. He, I think he would have done better in Stuber because that character was not very likable in Stuber. Because you're you're rooting for Kumail because Kumail is just like the guy that got <coughs> got pulled into the situation and doesn't want to be there, and he's basically basically Batista's character is like abusing him the whole movie, yeah, <laughs> taking advantage of him and being really mean to him, and then then at the end, Kumail comes like back and saves Oscar him. Isaac to C three PO in Rise yeah. of Skywalker. Yeah. What's up with that? So me. Anyway, we were wrapping what it up. So no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Come see me uh, March 10th at J- you, Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club if you if live in Vegas. If you'd like to speak to us about wrapping things up, later to the tater at gmail.com is how you can reach us. Uh, if you uh, feel like we did just fine wrapping things up, or even better, we would encourage you to subscribe to our podcast, which wraps things up. We would, I would love it if you would uh, give us a rating, five stars for podcasts who wrap things up well. Write us a one-sentence review. That one sentence can just be, hey, these guys really know how to wrap it up. <laughs> wrap that thing up. And in the lane of wrapping things up, the way I generally wrap things up is by telling you the Blue Wave Theory is the music we use for the uh, opening and closing of this podcast, and we genuinely appreciate the usage. Thanks, Blue Wave Theory. <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Travis Tate Funny on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. You can friend me on Facebook, too. That would be great. He's a friendly guy. Yeah. Yeah. I occasionally say funny things on there. Absolutely. Download, tell your friends, pass along the word. Word them up. So for, I don't know, what's it going to be? Travis, why don't you tell me what it's going to be for this week? For all the people out there who are listening. (laughs) This has been Late to the Party with Travis Tate. I'm Jake. And I'm Travis Tate. And better Tate than never.